When it comes to having your home cleaned, you don't want just anyone doing it. You want the same cleaning team that provides a consistent higher standard of cleaning every time. Sounds like you need to call MadeRight of Duluth. MadeRight's cleaners are consistent, insured, bonded business owners that use the best practices and products on the market today, such as the patented EnviroShield Home Protection Disinfecting System. Life is short. Clean less. Call MadeRight of Duluth today and leave the cleaning to us. Welcome to Strategic Insights Radio. This broadcast is being sponsored by Made Right of Duluth and hosted by the CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, Vlad Roos. Vlad Roos is a serial entrepreneur who currently owns four companies ranging from just under two years old to over seven years old, with net revenues of $250,000 to over $5 million. And one of its companies, Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, just won Pinnacle Rising Star Small Business of the Year Award. Vlad, it's all yours. Thank you, and uh, welcome to the show. Uh, today we have special guest on Brian Peart of uh, Commercial Capital to talk a little bit about his business and how he can help any size business uh, get access to more money, which everybody likes to have. Brian, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about your yourself and your background? Sure. I started this company back in 95, so I've been around about 20 years. Originally, we were residential, but for the last, since 2000, we've been uh, doing commercial loans and um, business loans. And over the last five years, we've become one of the predominant commercial mortgage uh, companies in the country. We do all sorts of SBA loans, small business loans, um, working capital loans, and loans for uh, purchasing of commercial real estate, refinancing, et cetera. So we pretty broad gamut, but all commercial, no, no residential. You basically just work with businesses then and just helping them get access to additional capital. So what, when you're saying commercial loans, is is it just mostly real estate related or do you guys also work with non-real estate? Yeah, it's both. We, um, we do commercial loans for real estate, but we also do business only loans. We have a great mix of SBA loans uh, that we do, which often are business only no real estate collateral. Um, we can do minority-based businesses. We can do um, up to $5 million really, without real estate collateral. We can do second locations for someone with just 10% into it, you know, uh, working capital loans to buy out a partner. Lots of options in the business space. So I know from my experience, um, a lot of – we deal with a fair amount of startups. Uh, so I'm kind of going to pick your brain on that a little bit. Um, somebody – uh, and I know this is a question I get all the time is they really don't know what options they have when they're starting a business or if they're just a couple of months or maybe just under a year into their business and they need additional capital. You know, they might have thought they had enough money to get the business going and now they're finding out they need a little bit more. So what kind of vehicles do you guys have or do that you provide for a startup business, for example? Okay. Well, when someone's thinking of starting a business, let's start you know, from even someone who hasn't started one yet and they're thinking about starting one. Um, the most diverse amount of capital they can have would be if they chose to go with a franchise over just starting their own idea. So if John Q thinks he's got a great chicken, you know, wants to run a chicken restaurant, he should choose some sort of franchise that, that specializes in chicken if he wants to have the most amount of 
products available. Startup capital with, say, SBA would be only really available to franchises. Um, outside of that, there's other things you can do. If you're not going to choose a franchise, you can get lines of credit from uh, credit cards and, and things like that if you've got good credit. If you don't have good credit and you're starting a business that has no franchise, no background, it's going to be very, very tough to get capital. Friends and family would be the, the route to go um, and that sort of thing. Um, if they've got bad credit and it's their own idea and they're just wanting to get going. Yeah, definitely. And I, um, I've definitely seen the same thing. Franchises, obviously, banks are going to look a little bit different on it because you essentially have a proven business model that you're going to follow That's right. versus just trying to do it out there on your on your own. So they have a much clearer idea about what your percentage of success is, You know how well you're going to be able to you know, what, what that franchise is success percentages. So they know that if you're starting franchise X, Y, Z, that every single location that's been opened, um, has a you know 80% chance of staying open versus if you're starting a brand new business, they really don't know, especially if it's a new idea, that's typically the hardest. You know, and that's a good point. Cause I have that talk a lot with new business owners that are looking to start a, a new business. And a lot of times they just don't see the benefit of a franchise. Cause you got to pay the fees. You got to mm-hmm. pay royalties. Typically, the startup cost is higher, or at least it looks higher, because the other thing that I've noticed is a lot of business owners underestimate how much money they need. That's right. Um, so a franchise has a much better understanding of, okay, how much money are you really going to need to get this going versus business owner starting out on their own, they don't really don't know. Well, yeah. And with a uh, franchise, they've got to have disclosures, and you can look in there and see what the average franchise does. So an underwriter has something to underwrite. They can say, all right, the average, let's say uh, firehouse subs does, you know, X number of sales a year and does X number of profit. And and there's something to underwrite. Whereas John Q says, I'm going to do this. How do we know? It's never been done before, you know? And uh, so <clears throat> it is a little bit tougher um, to do it if you, if you don't go that route. Um, you know, those are some of the, the options you weigh, you know? Yeah, you exactly. And, um, Again, with franchising, it's a, it's a lot different for a lot of people, and some there are some that are a little bit cheaper to get into. There's some mm-hmm. that are a little bit more expensive, but it is easier to finance. So that's definitely anybody listening should keep that in mind if you're looking well, to start a business. And we and we can refinance or we can finance in things like working capital. In fact, it's easier to get a loan approved with extra working capital in there than not. So sometimes I'll actually bump the loan amount up to cover additional working capital because. I mean, just no business goes out of business for having too much cash. You know, it's, it's always when they don't have any money that eventually they fold. So um, it actually improves their chance of success if they've got extra cash on hand. You're right. You always underestimate how much it's going to cost. You just have no idea the licensing fees, whatever they are. They just they just seem to come, you know, bank charges and little. I mean, I own this company, so I, I know what it's like. And. I funded it myself when we started, you know, from my own money, and um, which probably you did on some of your companies yeah, as well. So, more, uh, more or less. And uh, I mean, we started, one of the companies I started was high risk. I mean, it was, you know, we started in the, right at the dip of the, of the Great Depression or Great Recession, as they're great calling recession. it. And uh, it was, for us to get any sort of loan, it was 30% down, 30% interest. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it was that, tough, that's really risk. tough. Back well, that, then. that's yeah. that was in the, the trucking mm-hmm. industry, and, and the trucking is still. So I mean, if you get anything under 
under uh, 10% as far as the interest is, you, you're doing great. You're doing great. Um, so what kind of um, rates typically do you guys work with? I know SBA, obviously, they have a cap typically. Uh, I want to say it's prime plus four last time I tracked. Almost all of the loans that I close, um, SBA-wise, are usually 6% you know, or less um, on interest rate. Um, if it goes outside of that, then it does get a lot more expensive once it gets into working capital loans or ACH loans or, or any of those, it can be, they're often factored monthly or weekly instead of, you know, or even daily. When you really start figuring out the money, it can be pretty expensive. So those are things you only use when, when you have to, if, you know, peril's coming due, but you know, you've got money coming right around the corner. And I mean, you know, you have it and you can cover it. Um, there's all sorts of short-term options available, really, that you can get money in days if you need it. There's a lot more options now than you were talking the, the the beginning of the Great Recession. A lot more options now than back in O. Yeah, it seems that eight, there's a lot nine. more high risk too, um, or what the bank considers high risk. That also uh, makes it a little bit easier for people to get into uh, and understand what the to really get access to emergency capital as they need it. But it is always very expensive. Mm-hmm. So typically, I know I usually get. You know, the, the question that always come up when you're talking about loans is what's the interest going to be? And obviously, there's a huge gap between getting a traditional SBA loan that is going to be around 6% mm-hmm. versus getting a emergency working capital loan, which is going to be in the 20s probably. Mm-hmm. What kind of down payments do you typically see when it comes for a business getting a loan? Because that's another question that people don't understand is that even though they're getting a business loan, they still need to put a down payment, even though the loan is not really backed Mm -hmm. by equity. Right. If you can get through the SBA, it can be as little as 10%. If you go outside the SBA, it's often, like you were mentioning, 25-30% into the transaction yourself. They just, the bank would need to see that you're vested, that you've got, you know, as much to lose, a substantial amount to lose. If you've got a million dollars sitting there in cash and you need to borrow $500,000, they're not going to loan you they're going to require you to put a big chunk in. The more they know you have, the more they'll they'll want you to put in. Um, the easier it'll be to get money, but and and you'll be able to get better rates. The more you put in, the better your rates will be. You know, and there's other options. We've done loans for people. We have some very unique products where if someone has a piece of collateral like real estate or something, we can do a business loan to them, where we'll throw a second or even a third lien on that property, or or even better, a first lien. But if, if say they already have a mortgage on it, we can throw a second or third lien on there and get them a business only loan for their business. I say business only loan. There'll be a lien against the real estate, but the loan is really in the company's name. It's being paid by the company. It's not a, it's, there's a lien on the property, but it's not a mortgage on the property. You know Exactly. And I think um, that's another thing that a lot of business owners don't understand too much is that there's a lot of, when you're talking about business loans, especially when you're starting out, there's a lot of uh, different terms that the bank's going to throw in there. Just quickly, uh, we're here with Brian Peart, Commercial Capital, uh, talking about commercial loans, what kind of commercial loans um, are available to businesses, uh, different terms, what businesses and business owners can expect from that. Are you thinking about starting a business? Does your business need a loan or investors? Are you ready to grow and succeed? Then you need to call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. 
at 470-238-9097 for more information or to schedule your free business consultation. And we're back again talking with Brian Peart, Commercial Capital, about the terms of different loans. And uh, one thing that I've seen too, which you know, a lot of, especially when you're talking with attorneys, uh, they kind of cringe at it, is you know, one of the first things that, especially if you're a new business, that the bank wants is a personal guarantee. Or uh, even past that, uh, if you're talking about a loan, sometimes they'll, they'll do a kind of like a dual loan where it's really in your name and the business's name, not just the business's name. And that's a conversation I have sometimes with business owners because probably the toughest thing that I see a lot of business owners do is they underestimate how much money they need. Then they go out and max out their credit cards. So now their credit scores tanked because they got all this business business credit on their personal credit that really shouldn't be there. And now they're trying to get the lo- you know, trying to get a loan to clear that and you really got to plan ahead because that's tough to do. A bank's going to look at it and say, well, you got all this credit card that they're not going to care that that was you use that to start the business because you already spend that money. They see it on there versus if you get a commercial loan on the business, it's, it's a business loan. So it's not, you know, you're probably still going to have to put a personal guarantee typically, but it doesn't get reported to your personal credits. So that doesn't affect your that's right. ability to say buy a house later on or get additional capital. Um, and I think that's also just a little bit of prior planning, figure out how much you need. And the other thing is if you have $50,000 to start a business and you think it's going to be enough, but you're not sure, uh, well, you're probably underestimating. So it's probably going to maybe cost you 150000 Well, if you got the 50000 to put down, you can get 150000 loan. Right. So just want to get your thoughts on what, what do you see typical, um, some of the typical pitfalls that people kind of don't plan right and, and cause them not to be able to get a loan? All right. The first thing I would tell any business owner who wants to start doing um, or, or maybe start a business or whatever is do a business plan. I mean, if my son came up to me and said, dad, I got this great idea to you know do a business, I'd tell him do a business plan. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, You know, do out a projection of what your sales and your budget might be because it makes you think through when you have to sit there and say, all right, who are my competitors, you know, um, what are the strengths of my company, the weaknesses, who are my, you know, uh, opportunities and threats or threats or your competition, you know, or, or even the things like the government or rulings that are coming down the pike, you know, and, uh, just, it makes you think through everything. I can't tell you how many ideas I had in college, you know, oh, that's a great idea, you know, but unless you sit down and actually plan it out, you know, it's, a good idea is great, but you got to execute and you got to think through that execution. And it would really help if someone would just get some advice. I mean, they can call me. It doesn't cost anything. Ask, all right, what are my steps to do this? Because you're right. If you've got 50000 it would be, I don't want to say easy, nothing's easy, but it would be much simpler to get a loan for the other 100 Overestimate, you know, think it's going to be a lot higher, you know, double your expenses, double your, you know, take your projected revenue and cut it in half and, and then try to try to budget and have that much money available. Make sure you can get up to speed, get up to profitability as quick as possible in your projections and budgets, but that they make sense, you know, um, and, it, and it helps to even have someone look at it who, who knows, you know, uh, whether it's someone like me um, or, you know, if you've got someone who you know in your family who's a very successful businessman, successful people love to help other people. And they will have no problem looking over the plan. And I mean, it's, it's great. It, it's, it's, it's just neat when people 
when you've opened a business and you start a business and you, you've succeeded, you just want to help other people succeed. It's just a natural part of, if you don't, I, I, I just find it very hard. To, most people that I've met that are successful, self-made, like to see people succeed. I love getting loans approved for small businesses. I, I do a lot of large loans too. I'll do a $20 million loan and I'll be just as excited about the $200,000 loan I got for the little business down in Duluth, you know, and, and it's just, uh, that's just part of success. I get, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Well, that's definitely true. I mean, we, and we do a lot of that as well. I mean, one of the primary services that we do is business plans. And a lot of times we'll do, you know, if somebody's already got a business plan, I mean, that's the first thing that's like, all right, send it over and we'll at least do a review on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, quote a price if you want us to, to rewrite it. Sure. If not, uh, they can at least get some, Basically, my first half hour to an hour conversation I have with any potential client is essentially a free consultation, just going through the idea, figuring out, okay, what do you need? What are some of the pitfalls you're going to face? And mm-hmm. even those that don't become clients, they at least get a little bit of a benefit of just kind of understanding what they should be looking out for. That's right. And, um, and, th- and that's one thing, you know, prior planning in business is very, very important because a lot of people just don't, if you got payroll due tomorrow and you don't have enough money, it's going to be very tough to get past that. But if you know two months in, ad, in advance that, or three months in advance that, hey, we're going to be, might be a little bit short because we're going into a slow season, et cetera, you can get a, a loan to maybe cover that. So the other question I uh, wanted to get into, obviously with loans and a lot of misconceptions that I see on the loan side is how long does it take from the moment that you decide, all right, I need to get a loan to the moment where you can expect to see some money in your account? Because I, on the investment side, we get a lot of misconceptions about how long it takes to get investment mm-hmm. into a company. A lot of people think that they can go out and get investment in a couple of days, which obviously is, is mm-hmm. close to impossible. And I know for loans, it's going to vary a little bit, but I just want to get your thoughts on what do you see as kind of the, the terms of time to get the loan? Okay. So if it's a real estate backed loan, it, you got a commercial appraisal and that could take 30 days just there. So you, you better factor 45 to 60 business loans. Kind of the rule of thumb is the better your rate, the longer it'll take. Okay, so an SBA loan might have the best rate, but that could take 30, 45, even 60 days. If you are willing to pay the, you know, merchant cash advance type um, monies, I mean, you can have it in as quick as two days. Um, It it can be very quick. Uh, That you're going to have to have an established business already to get it that quick. Uh, Startup money is not going to be that quick, but generally speaking, um, the higher rate you're willing to pay, the quicker the money can come in to you. It's just going to be, you know, can you afford to pay that? That's definitely true. And, uh, you know, again, one of the misconceptions that I've seen is just that people think that it's going to just, hey, I need to get a loan. I can go into uh, my bank and ask for some money. And I think that's one of the ways uh, that I see people also is they think that because they have a banking relationship with their local bank that they've Mm -hmm. had a checking account for 15 years or 20 years, and all of a sudden they go and they want an SBA loan to start a business. And you know, people look at banks like Wells Fargo, which is the largest SBA lender, but they don't realize that Wells Fargo is the largest SBA lender, not necessarily on the, the number of loans that they do, but the volume that they do because mm-hmm. they do the really large loans. Mm-hmm. From talking with uh, different people at Wells Fargo, I mean, they really only start at about 200, 250,000. They really mm-hmm. don't go down to the 50,000 that the SBA really allows. Right. Well, the other thing people don't realize is that it's hard for people to believe it, but the bank's not really their friend. The bank, sure, has to do loans to make money, except the big banks. 
But at the same time, they're just as scared of being audited. And there's a, there's a real fear that uh, a loan will be dis- decided to be bad. An auditor will look at a loan and say, ooh, that's a risky loan. Um, set aside loss reserves, extra loss reserves. And a bank doesn't want to do that. They don't want to loan 200 and then set aside 300,000, you know, uh, in loss reserves just to cover that, that uh, and tie up 300,000 of capital for a 200,000 loan. They can't ever make the money back. It's a loss gain. So there's that. That and and the person in the branch is never going to know it. According to the statistics about those big boy banks that you were talking about, the Wells and the J.P. Morgan Chases and all them, uh, they deny about eighty percent of the applications they get in. Eighty percent. And so you go down to your local bank, you think, you know, oh man, I know John over there at the local bank. I'll 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 get a loan with them. John's bank is going to deny you fifty percent of the time. Um, is what the local banks are running right now. That's even right now today after all these years coming out of this recession. It's still running, 80 and 50. So, you know, most people who apply for loans get denied. Some of those loans, they're not ready to get money, but some of them are. They just went with either the wrong bank or they went with a bank that just didn't really like a Wells Fargo, doesn't really want to do that small of a loan. So can you – for somebody that already got – a denial, got a rejection from for an SBA loan, is that somebody that you can still help? Oh, yeah. In fact, almost every single SBA loan I closed got denied by another SBA lender before it came to me. I'm running over 90% of the loans that I closed through the SBA um, got denied by another SBA lender. People think, oh, they got denied by the bank, and the bank will say the SBA denied their loan, but the SBA didn't deny their loan. The bank denied their loan. They're just kind of pawning it off on the SBA. Because the SBA doesn't really approve or deny those 7A loans. The bank does. The SBA is just backing it. I've never seen the SBA deny a loan that a bank approved. I've never seen it. If I can get it approved by the bank, I can get it done. SBA, it's just getting it approved by the bank. And sometimes you have to do it at a different bank. Um, had a daycare here in Atlanta that um, the girl was a – she ran a good business, okay? But because of some issues on the personal side, her credit was under 600 um, which is nearly impossible to get a SBA loan for um, below 620. And I got her done and she'd been denied by seven different banks. She was opening her second location and her first location was profitable. She was a good business owner. She put together the prettiest business plan um, that I'd ever seen. Um, she was she was a good gal. She just um, had bad credit at this point in time and she wasn't able to get anybody to look past it. I took her to a company out of Minnesota they're not a bank. They're a non-bank SBA lender that was created to help uh, minorities and um, those types of people get access to SBA money. And so they took a look at everything. They saw the cash flow and everything, and they made a credit decision to to do the loan despite her 580 score. And they um, they and we got her done. And uh, that second location's open. She's successful, and it was just a great story. No one, no one would have got, I mean, seven banks denied that loan and I got it, I got it done. She got a five and three quarters, right? Uh, Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I always tell clients as well is you have to find the right bank because there are certain banks that will work with your industry, there's certain banks that won't. And it's just a matter of, you know, does that bank like to do loans for your type of business? That's, that's one of the big factors a lot of times, because if they have, it's a completely foreign business that's not really in their wheelhouse, then they're not even going to know how to really properly evaluate the risk factor there. So they're just going to deny it based on the fact that they can't make a decision, more mm-hmm. or less. 
Uh, so I think that's also important for people to really understand that it, it's about finding the right bank. Well, it is. Um, and, and not only industry, but there's different factors in your credit decision, real estate collateral, credit, the cash flow of the business and different banks key on different things. So there are some banks that are all about credit. If someone's got a 750 score, they'll look past some weak numbers on their financials or they'll look past some things and maybe do the loan. Others care much more about the experience or about the cash flow. Some, they'll, they'll bend over backwards if they can get good real estate collateral to match the amount of the loan. And so knowing which bank to go to, and, and, and the thing is, you're not going to know. Uh, you're not going to know as a consumer out there which bank's going to go. It's, it's, it's either going to be lucky, you just happen to apply at the bank that, that did it, or you go to someone who does hundreds of loans and, and kind of knows, all right, these guys, this is perfect for you. This bank is the one that'll do your loan because you're what they look for. Like that daycare lady I was telling you about, um, I mean, she was a minority and she had a good running business and that's what they were looking for at that um, lender in Minnesota. You know? So a couple of things, I, I think one thing to remember too is that when you read or listen to some of the success stories for business owners, uh, I don't think I've ever heard one that said, and we got approved on the first investor that we pitched to or the first lender that we went to <laughs> went and approved us and we got our money. Well, uh, I mean, if someone comes to me, I can place them with the right, and I have a pretty good success rate of, of putting them with the right person. But absolutely, you can miss something. They can get denied for, I had a loan denied once because it was a real estate loan, not a commercial loan. But one of the members of that credit committee of that bank had gotten a flat tire in front of the center that I was refinancing and just had a bad, just didn't like that area. And just, they, they didn't do the loan because he didn't like the area. Because you got a flat tire in front of the center. How are you going to know that when you send the loan into to the loan? It's just crazy. Yeah. That was the craziest denial ever. Oh, I, I, you got denied because someone on the credit committee got a flat tire. I mean, how do you tell a client that? You know, it, it was insane. Yeah. It, and, you know, that the banking, that's their decision. I mean, they have to make that decision. And there's people that it make those dumb. decisions. It was dumb. <laughs> it, it, it was dumb. <laughs> I so, took it somewhere else and got it closed, but I mean, th that was one that I took and it should have gotten approved, but I had to go somewhere else with it because, you know, they denied it. So I guess one question that you probably get asked a lot too is, is there a difference in fees for somebody going straight to the bank versus working with you? What's, uh, you know, how, how do you get paid on helping people find loans? Okay. Well, some banks do charge an origination fee, but many don't. I do charge an origination fee. I'm going to charge one point on any loan I do. Um, one point would be 1% of the loan amount. So if someone wants, you know, $200,000, it would be a 2000 fee. Um, I don't collect it till closing. I only get paid if I get you the money. But for the value that I bring to the equation and the certainty of execution that I can bring to the equation, I mean, I think it's a, a no-brainer. Anyone who's applied at a bank and gone through that onerous process of getting approved if you if you do that one time, I mean, it, it, it costs you a lot of time. If you had to do it two or three times, you know, at that point, you've lost more money in, in real time because money, you know, time is money. Um, you've lost real opportunity cost um, that the 2,000 feet of me would have salvaged. You know, some things are worth paying for, and uh, I think I'm, I'm worth paying for. Well, thank you, Brian. And um, or, uh, thank you for having us on the show. Um, and uh, just uh, any closing thoughts before we go off? Closing thoughts? You know, if you're out there and you're a business owner and you need to get financing, 
you know, there are options out there. You, you just try to seek some expert advice. Anyone can call me. Anyone can email me, and and they'll at least get advice. Uh, I what, answer all of that. And uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you if somebody okay. does have those questions? Okay, good. My phone number is eight six six three five five one two four four. Is the eight hundred number? Um, locally here in Atlanta, it's seven seven zero nine zero eight one six seven two. The best email to reach me at would be commercial money four one one at gmail dot com. Great. Thank you. And uh, again, thanks for being on the show. We will have a little bit of information on the website and your contact information as well for anybody that's uh, interested in that strategicinsightsradio.com. That wraps up our time on Strategic Insights Radio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Made Right of Duluth and Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. For more information about this show, Vlad Roos, or our sponsors, please visit www.strategicinsightsradio.com. To reach Vlad Roos, CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. directly, call 470-238-9097 or visit www.sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you can download a free white paper on this subject from strategicinsightsradio.com right after the show. Thank you. comes to having your home clean, you don't want just anyone doing it. You want the same cleaning team that provides a consistent higher standard of cleaning every time. Sounds like you need to call MadeRight of Duluth. MadeRight's cleaners are consistent, insured, bonded business owners that use the best practices and products on the market today, such as the patented EnviroShield Home Protection Disinfecting System. Life is short. Clean less. Call MadeRight of Duluth today and leave the cleaning to us.